Comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for listening to us and also thanks a lot to all of those people who are sponsors of ours and make the Advisors Roundtable possible. So Bubba, if you had to do like a percentage evaluation and analysis of your your meeting with your clients, how often do people come in and they need to do something right now? Grandma has died and we need to go see an attorney and get letters testamentary and open an estate. When you say right now, do you mean like within the next 10 minutes well, or do you mean within the next week? Yeah, let's, let's go with next week first. I would say probably 10% of the time. They need to do... They need to take an action. They need to take an action. Right. Maybe maybe 15%. Okay. And it's something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Somebody's passed away. There's an mm-hmm. estate to open. Uh, maybe we're getting close to the end of the year, and you got to take a, money out yeah, of your there's retirement. there's a deadline getting towards the end of the year. There's mm-hmm. a, a distribution that needs to occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a number of different things could come up All right. like that. For, uh, for things that people need to do within the next week. Right. All right. Let's go back to your first question. Mm-hmm. Something they need to do within the next 10 minutes or an hour. How often do they need to take action like right now? Turn on the computer and do something. You know, maybe maybe 1% to 2% of the time. Really? Yeah. Now, most people are listening right now, and they turned on CNBC this morning, and somebody scared them to death, or somebody enthused them, yeah. and they think they need to go do something right now, Bubba. Well, and, and think about what those uh, TV channels are selling, right? They're selling urgency. They're mm-hmm. selling the need for you to continue watching 24-7. Mm-hmm. And if you don't watch, then you're going to miss something. Uh-huh. Right? That is the implication, mm-hmm. isn't it? Right. Right? And I wonder if anybody's ever kept the statistics on it. You know, the guy on television who tells you to buy, buy, buy. Mm-hmm. If you had bought, 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 would you have made money, money, money? Mm-hmm. Or would you have lost, lost, lost? Right. You know? How often does the urgency that is implied really apply to you well and and again over what time frame right mm-hmm. i think uh in many cases uh if if you uh are watching those television shows and and they tell you to buy something mm-hmm. yeah maybe over a, a two three five year time period might that, be a good investment that would have right? been a good purchase right okay uh sometimes if uh if you're day trading Right, and you buy something that day, and you look at it the next day, mm-hmm. you might be down. Mm-hmm. So it's all about time frame and perspective, mm-hmm. I believe. I think you're exactly right. However, I think where we are now in this economic uh, cycle, where we are with interest rates and the yield mm-hmm. curve and the possibility for recession, all those things that have uh, you know been thrown at us, and a war in Ukraine and some issues with um, um, uh, Europe and and oil and and services and other things, so, uh, are there there may be some things people need to do. 
All right, so let me ask you this question. The last time you probably needed to do something, it may be a, uh, had to do with a leak at your home. You mm-hmm. needed to take an action sure. today. Maybe you got up this morning and your car didn't start and you needed to jump out. You need to take an action right. today. Maybe you got up and you were sick. Mm-hmm. You had an ear infection. You need to go see the doctor today. All right, so let's say that that happened. You had a leaky roof or you had an ear infection. You need to do something today. Mm-hmm. You probably are going to involve somebody else. There's probably a roofer, a handyman, a plumber, a doctor, yeah, a, doctor a nurse yeah. practitioner, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay. Um, you may need an attorney if uh, maybe you uh, were overserved and got pulled <laughs> over the night before, right? <laughs> Those three yeah. dreaded wor- yeah. letters, D-U-I, right. Uh-huh. right? All right, so you you need to do something, and you probably need to involve somebody else in your life to help this. Let's go to your ear infection. Okay. Okay. So you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, hey, Bubba, we're going to give you a shot. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you uh, maybe a pack of this and maybe some pills for that. Mm-hmm. You've had ear infections. I have, yeah. Right. In fact, I've, I've, I've had enough of them that I almost know exactly what I need when I go into the doctor, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You get a few years yeah. into your adult mm-hmm. life. You kind of know how to self I've got a Rocephin and Decadron deficiency, and I need that. <laughs> I need these pills. Yep. Yeah. 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 All right. So you do that, and then they say, hey, take that pill. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to suggest today that there's kind of an action you can take related to the concern you have over the economy, the concern you have over your portfolio, over your 401k. Mm-hmm. There's an action you can take today that's almost like a volume pill. Okay. All right? Uh, and and what would a, a volume do to you? For some reason, the doctor said, hey, go home, take a volume. What are you anticipating the volume is going to do? Uh, I'm not a, a druggist by any means. I could ask my wife yeah, if she would have a better you live ex- with one, right? Yeah, I live with one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they just kind of mellow you out and, or knock you out. Yeah, yeah. All right. And calm you down. Calm you down. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? All right, so I, I want to, in this first segment, give you an economic stock, stock market piece of advice mm-hmm. that I hope will serve as a volume, and it's related to history, Okay. So if you were to look at history, on average, it takes three months to go from a bear market bottom to starting a new bull market. Okay. So when you're at a bear market bottom, do you feel like it's the end of the earth and this is going to last forever and you're in a depression? You do. Yeah. Huh? I just told you it takes an average of three months. Mm-hmm. The S&P has gained an average of 47% in the 12 months after bear markets. Okay. 47%. Mm-hmm. Now, am I telling you that's going to happen guaranteed? No, I'm not saying that. No, and these are averages. These are averages, and right. this is based on history. But mm-hmm. guess what? Your doctor, when your doctor gave you those drugs, whether it's a Valium mm-hmm. or a Rocephin, whatever, they gave it based on what? History. Yeah, what mm-hmm. has usually happened. Mm-hmm. With you, Bubba, you said you go in pretty yeah. often for an ear infection. Mm-hmm. They look at your chart, and they say, you know, based over time, and based on your personal history, this is what has worked. Right. So the volume to you when you're all concerned is step back and say, what has worked in the past? Mm-hmm. 
We're going to talk about that in the next segments here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Thanks for hanging in there with us at the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio. So we're talking about this little uh, uh, piece of volume you can take psychologically and intellectually related to your worry about the stock market. All right? So we look at history and let that be kind of a calming effect Mm -hmm. on us. So let's say we did that. Because when you go to the doctor and you got the ear infection, they give you the antibiotic or whatever, and you take the medicine, uh, there's maybe something associated with it. Maybe there's a little notice on the side Mm -hmm. that said, take with food, or always drink plenty of water or whatever with medications, right? So that piece of advice that we gave them just a minute ago that, hey, just step back. Chill out a little bit. Chill out. Let Mm -hmm. history tell you Mm -hmm. what has worked in the past because that's really what your doctor is doing letting your personal history and his knowledge Mm -hmm. and all that stuff work in the diagnosis and 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 also in the prescription here so i i read you some statistics before we went to break i'm gonna read them again on average it's taken three months to come out of a bear market bottom and get back into what we could consider the the beginning and consider the beginning of a bull market right all right. Furthermore, the S&P has gained an average of 47% in the 12 months after that bottom of a bear market. Okay. Um, so what should you do? What's the action that you could do? That's the prescription. But the action that when you go to the doctor and you get the prescription, you got to take an action. you got to take the pill. Mm-hmm. So let's do the taking of the pill. The action that the patient or the client has to take based on this particular piece of history. So the, the problem is is that you never know where the bottom of the bear market is. And if you could pinpoint that precisely, then you know that somewhere around two to three months on average mm-hmm. is going to be the end of that cycle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, historically speaking, uh, a bear market is described as 20% downturn and the whatever index you're following, typically the S&P 500. So have we had that this year? We've had that this year. All right. Mm-hmm. And even if you miss perfectly picking mm-hmm. the bottom, right? within 2 to 5%, you probably can get close. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. And we've had volatility here. The market seems to have wanted to come out in October and November, mm-hmm. and then we've had some pullback in here. That sounds like it's bouncing somewhere down yeah. in there. Is that what you're telling your clients? Well, so if I were to be very aggressive, I'd say this is when we need to have a discussion about leverage. Ooh. <laughs> right? <laughs> So if you if you follow that train of thought and you and you follow what these statistics are saying, mm-hmm. uh, there have been times when individuals have gone out there and borrowed money against mm-hmm. their portfolio mm-hmm. to leverage it up, so to speak, mm-hmm. and further compound the interest rate return that they would receive on their investments. No. I, I by no means am recommending that. Right, and, and not everybody can handle that. Not everybody can handle that because what if they're not. Mm-hmm. perfectly right yeah. and the market does yeah. continue mm-hmm. to go down mm-hmm. then they got these margin calls and all that yeah. sort of stuff yeah. right i would say that leverage is a lot like uh if you think of it this way trying to catch a falling knife in a down market <laughs> right yeah 
Yeah. And so if I'm looking at history here and I'm thinking, you know, Bubba and Greg gave threw me a lifeline. I got a little hope here. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it, it will come out. History tells us that, you know, it make uh, here in the next few months start another mm-hmm. trend. What are some actions that people could take with this possibility that the S&P would go up an average of 47%? Uh, what are some things that people could be doing in their portfolio? Rebalancing and tax loss harvesting and uh, putting some cash to work over the next few months. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't really mean this with a pun intended. However, I think people need to step back and take stock of what they own. Stock. Okay. <laughs> what do you currently own in your portfolio? Is it still consistent with the types of things that you need to own? It may be an opportunity, right? Okay. It may be an opportunity to jettison some things that you don't need to continue to own Mm -hmm. and buy some other things. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's say you look at your portfolio Mm -hmm. and over time last year was a really good year and you got Mm -hmm. pretty aggressive and you bought some things that were a little on the outside of your risk Mm -hmm. parameters and now you're looking at them and they don't seem to be quality. Right. You're getting close to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. How could it benefit me to jettison them, the word you used? Well, uh, you can do tax loss harvesting. Okay. So uh, you don't, never want the tax tail to wag the dog. Right. I'm, I'm just full of them today, you right? Are, right, um, right? However, you don't, you don't want taxes to be the primary reason for getting rid of an investment, mm. but it's definitely a tr- contributing factor. Right. right? So if you know that you're uh, interested in in disposing of a particular investment Mm -hmm. and you can write that one off or take a gain or a loss against it and then offset it with something else that has a gain or a loss, Mm -hmm. then that makes a lot of sense to do so. Right. And if you're looking at your portfolio and you're trying to determine, do I need to keep Mm -hmm. something? There are two or three things you need to do. Number one, you need to look and say, hey, how is this company doing? Mm -hmm. Or what are the prospects for the future? I mean, specifically look at that individual company. Correct. All right. Secondly, how does it fit into my personality, my Mm -hmm. personal portfolio, and my risk tolerances? Mm -hmm. And thirdly, what are the numbers? Has it made me money? Can Mm -hmm. I take a a gain? Is it losing me money? Do I need to take Mm -hmm. a loss? But two or three questions. Or do you need to do nothing at all Uh, and hang on to it? Yeah, because if the first two Mm -hmm. answers are, you know, company's okay, it's just the the stock's just beaten up. It may be a sympathy play. Right. The rest of the world has sold all of the S&P 500. Right. And there are some good companies in there that have kind of been mm-hmm. beaten up and don't necessarily deserve it. Good quality company. And, you know, I need to own some technology, and so right. I'm going to keep it. Mm-hmm. So as you said, I may not de- need to do anything. Right. Right. And sometimes not doing anything at all is the hardest thing for anybody because we've been trained and we watch TV and you've got to take action now and you've got to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a sense of urgency about everything we do today. Mm -hmm. And to tell somebody, chill out, relax, Mm -hmm. don't worry about it Mm -hmm. is some of the hardest medicine that you got to swallow. Yeah. I had a, a very close family member of mine that I love deeply, went to the doctor Mm -hmm. and said, you know, I've gained a lot of weight here, and I really haven't changed my eating patterns, Doc. What's going on? And so they did all these blood tests, and they came back and said, you know what? 
we're not really sure. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue, and we're going to send you to a specialist or whatever. And so this person looked at the doctor and said, "Well, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want need to gain another fifty pounds next year." Right. And the doctor said, "Nothing. Mm-hmm. The best thing for you to do is nothing right, right now until mm-hmm. we get a clear picture sure. and know what we're up against and what you should do. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what you should do, don't go go do something that's going to exacerbate right. it." Right. Right. You know, and then they came back and they found out through some blood tests and some other things. They found out there are a couple things going on with glands and other mm-hmm. things. And, and they needed to change some whatever. And then, you know, stay away from this and mm-hmm. stay away. There were some actions to take. Right. But not necessarily now. Right. If I don't know the clear picture, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to do anything. Is is not doing anything actually an action? It is. Mm, many of us need to understand yeah. that because many of us, you know, we've been reared that, you know, I take the bull by the mm-hmm. horns Yeah. when something needs to happen. I need, I, I take act. Well, maybe the best action mm-hmm. you need to take is no crazy reaction. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So the first thing here is take the volume with the, the, the history, uh, and say, Hey, Hey, uh, calm. Secondly, is to before we get off the volume, I think Mm. it's important. Like I've got to share this story about a client and and volume as a drug. Okay, Uh, a a client of mine uh, over at her mother's house. Okay, and the client is talking about going to the dentist the next day. Okay, this client's very nervous about the dentist. Doesn't like going to the dentist, et cetera, et cetera. I understand. Uh, The mother who is in her eighties says. Uh, well, you know, why don't you just take a Valium before you go mm-hmm. to the dentist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to which the, the client said, you know, I, I would, but I just I understand and hear that they're so addictive. Mm-hmm. To which the mother said, they're not addictive. I've been taking them for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they work. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes we, yeah. we really need to realize who we are and where exactly. we are and what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're not a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this economic volume we can take is look at history. Uh, the second thing is to use that and to realize that there may be some practical things that, you know, like the tax loss, harvesting, and, and reevaluating things I do on. And, and you know, what's, what's your definition of quality? I mean, people need to ask that question. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to mm-hmm. invest money, Phil told me this morning about an investment he made mm-hmm. and he bought a car he, and it was an older car, but it's got low mileage and mm-hmm. he thinks he could flip it or just use it as a second car. And so it's got a, a number of, uh, of things that it can do for him and his portfolio and his mm-hmm. personality and his life and all these sorts of things. And, you know, he evaluated the vehicle. And thinks it's a pretty quality ride. Sure. Okay. So what about you? The money you're putting in, you're investing mm-hmm. your money into, you need to ask yourself. And we're going to go to break with this question, and we're going to come out of the break with the answers we're going to give you here from Cooley and Labus and the Advisors Roundtable. What's your definition of quality? Thanks a lot for being with us at the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here. And so, Bubba... Investment-wise, you know, uh, Phil here, 
He's happy about this older vehicle he bought mm-hmm. with the lower miles. He feels like it's quality, you know. It's it's, it's made from a, a reputable automaker, mm-hmm. and then the model is you know everybody recognizes. And if he needs to sell it, he thinks there would be a market for it. So let's apply that kind of stuff to stocks. So let's get back to his car that he just bought, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say that he made an investment, Mm -hmm. right, Uh, that he feels is a pretty good investment. Mm -hmm. During the interim time, uh, he's got this vehicle available to him Mm -hmm. that he can use, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And how would that relate to to stocks or other investments? Well, that would be like income or dividends coming in. So he's getting dividends off this vehicle. Okay. He hopes that over a time, uh, not necessarily that it will appreciate, but it will hold its value. Mm -hmm. Or if somebody comes along and wants to purchase it from him, he can make a little money on it. Right. All right. So I don't think it's any different than, you know, buying a good investment. Okay. Because that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So if you drove by his house in a few months there and you look out there and, you know, he's got it all spit shined and, Mm -hmm. and, and makes it look good. And you, as I said, it's a reputable known automobile, Mm -hmm. automobile maker and, and Mark and, uh, or make and all that sort of stuff. And so you look at you and and you look at, you think, you know, that's a quality ride. Sure. Mm -hmm. So if I look at his portfolio and I do the same thing, can I look in there and say, Hey, you know, is this a quality thing? Mm-hmm. It, Certainly you can. I can look at the companies that mm-hmm. he owns, just like I'm looking at this vehicle. Right. And I can look at the companies that he owns, and I say, you know, I've never heard of that one. Mm-hmm. What do they do? And I look them up, and they haven't made any money in the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we look at when we look under the hood, mm-hmm. continuing the car analogy, we look under the hood of his portfolio and try to – you look at the stock. One of the things is, have they made profits? Mm-hmm. Does this company make money? Right. I mean, back in the dot-com yeah. era of the late 1990s, weren't there companies that traded at $100 a share that had never made a that profit? That had never made money. Yeah. So first thing is, yeah. do they make money? Mm-hmm. Secondly, what do they do? Yeah. Do I understand it? There's a difference as well between making money and making revenue or having revenue. Mm-hmm. So you you mm-hmm. can have a company that has lots and lots of revenue, but their expenses outweigh their revenue. Yeah. So therefore, they don't make any money. Now, the average person mm-hmm. driving down the road that didn't go to the MBA mm-hmm. school, they're, they're looking in their rearview yeah. mirror and they're kind of doing like my dog does. Yeah. They kind of look at me like, what? what did he just say? Oh, yeah. Turn their head yeah. sideways. They got a lot of money yeah. coming in, but they're not making any money. Let me, let me equate it this way. Okay. Uh, and any household, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's run like any business would be, if you think of it. You've got income that comes in, then mm-hmm. you've got expenses for mortgages and food and et cetera, et cetera, that, get, that go out, right? right? So if you're an employee and mm-hmm. you've never run a business, mm-hmm. yeah, you have. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Your household mm-hmm. is a business. Yeah. Look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Money comes in and money goes out. Right. So what are you saying most people wish? Most people hopefully. wish that they have more money coming in than, than what goes out. Mm-hmm. And to equate it back to one of these companies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of money coming in or maybe a little bit of money coming in, but more expenses than what they do have uh, with the money coming in. Now, are there is sometimes legitimate reasons for that? You know, one quarter, mm-hmm. uh, one company mm-hmm. has more expenses than they have in revenue. Very well could be. 
And what would be a legitimate reason that, you know, this particular company has some, they sell, yeah. they sell mm-hmm. some stuff, but they have had more expenses go out. Maybe they had a big capital expenditure. Okay. They went and bought another plant or, or another a piece store. Of or, or piece of equipment. Or piece of equipment. Yeah. Or they had to hire some people mm-hmm. in anticipation of the holiday season sure. coming. Mm-hmm. So last quarter, you need to have them trained. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, June, July, August, September, mm-hmm. you had to bring these people on and mm-hmm. you had. Now, how do they pay those extra expenses during months when they don't have as much money coming in? Generally out of their savings. We would hope that would hope. the other yeah. months, the other quarters, mm-hmm. that they make had, up for what they spent. Like you mo- want more households mm-hmm. to do. Does that happen sometime in your household? Of course it does. And I think uh, December is a great month to look at that, right? Okay. Usually the month of December, you have uh, end of year expenses. You've got uh, you know Christmas gift mm-hmm. expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's coming up here is higher heating expenses that that are going to come about. Right. 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 Um, and it's, it's a little out of the normal. Yeah. So you've got those extra expenses, but the same amount of income or revenue coming in. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, most Mm -hmm. of the time you can count on uh, this. This is what I bring home Mm -hmm. every two weeks. Sure. Could it be depressing to actually put a pencil to it? Oh yeah. And and that's probably why most people don't put a pencil to it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, we'll deal with that in January when the credit card statement comes in, right? Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. you you know your your family thinks you got five thousand dollars a month coming in, but December hits mm-hmm. here and we spent sixty two hundred. Right. What we do? What did you do mm-hmm. in order to be able to afford that extra twelve hundred dollars? Well, hopefully you had some savings. Sure. Some people do. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. So where their extra twelve hundred dollars? How, how do they make those expenditures at the Walmart or the Target? Yeah, they borrow it, mm-hmm. and that's what you're doing mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. using your credit card. Correct. And as you said, deal with it mm-hmm. in January and February. Mm-hmm. Businesses are doing the same thing. So yeah. when we look under the hood, we're like, do they have profits? And if they have some periods of time when they don't have mm-hmm. enough revenue to cover expenses, is that well explained? Um, what do they do? Do I understand their business mm-hmm. model? Those are questions I ask. Who's the leadership? Right. How consistent is the leadership? How do they get along with their employees? What kinds of benefits mm-hmm. do they, uh, you know, uh, who are their competitors? Right. Now this is a lot of questioning. Mm-hmm. You think most people are doing this? No, absolutely not. So what are we doing? They don't, they don't have the, the time to do it. They don't have the knowledge or expertise to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for a multitude of reasons, they, they aren't. They're not. So I don't know whether mm-hmm. I have quality in my portfolio mm-hmm. or not. Uh, how do I find out the answer to that if this is not my ball of wax, if this is not what I do? You, you hire an expert. Just like we talked about earlier in the show, mm-hmm. you've got an ear infection. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I mean, you don't go to the witch doctor. You go to the regular doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had that leak mm-hmm. in your uh, roof. Yeah. You know? I'm calling a roofer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we need to ask ourselves, do we own I, quality? I might be capable of going up there with a little bit of Flex Seal <laughs> and spraying on, but I don't want to fall off the roof. No. You know? No. 
no, your wife doesn't mm. want you up there. I, That's I'm right. going to tell you because I know mine doesn't. Mm -hmm. I had to change a couple light bulbs at the office mm -hmm. and, you know, I went looking for the ladder and I got the step yeah. ladder and I go upstairs to my wife's office and mm -hmm. she says that one, that one, that one needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I start and I only had to take one or two steps up this ladder. Right. And this is a step ladder. It's not mm -hmm. one that I had to lean sure. against anything. I, I had a little bit of support. She comes running out of her office to hold the thing mm -hmm. for you. She didn't want me to fall. Right. Your wife right. does not want you on the roof. Mm -hmm. She wants somebody who does it every day, who knows how to tie themselves off or where to get their sense of balance and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, getting it done, right? Uh, you're going to probably, uh, in, in order to get it done right, probably going to need somebody else to mm -hmm. help you. Now, if, but now I, if the spouse comes out and, and tells you to tie the safety rope around your neck, <laughs> you know, then you might have other things that you need to, yeah, need yeah. to talk about. Yeah, you yeah. may need to call the sheriff and the divorce yeah. attorney, uh -huh. right? And, and, and so I'm looking at trying to help myself feel better. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is I answer the question, do I own quality? Okay? Now, second question we tell people to ask themselves when they're looking under the hood at their at their portfolio is not only do you own quality in there and if i don't own quality i'm supposed to probably rebalance get rid right. of mm -hmm. do this tax loss harvesting all that other mm -hmm. advice you you sure. gave me right mm -hmm. all right the other thing is uh, is this quality diversified mm -hmm. now what am i what am I saying to Phil when I tell him he needs to have a diversified portfolio? So I'm, I'm going to pick on a, a company here, right? Uh, Caterpillar. Okay. Um, and I'm, this is not an endorsement to buy Caterpillar. It's just right. picking a company that's been around for a long time. And when you say Caterpillar, uh -huh. uh, people get an image. Right. A yellow yeah, a uh, yellow bulldozer. Right? Yeah, large uh -huh. implement uh, piece of equipment, right? Sure. It's kind of like when you say Oreo, people mm -hmm. uh, suddenly know what right. it looks like. Mm -hmm. Probably get a taste in their mouth, sure right? They do. So uh -huh. you said Caterpillar. What, why do you say Caterpillar? Caterpillar is a company that's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, they are quality, mm -hmm. in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're a well run, well established company. Mm -hmm. Pay a good dividend, uh, decent stock price, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. That's a quality company. Right. But do you need to have 100% of your portfolio tied up in Caterpillar? Ah. That's the second point. That's the second point. About being diversified. diversified. Right. Okay. So right. along with Caterpillar, yeah, I think maybe you should own that, but you should mm -hmm. own other things as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should own Microsoft, mm -hmm. which is in a different sector completely. Yeah, right? it's over technology, technology versus industrial equipment, okay. right? right? Maybe you own a, a, a real estate company mm -hmm. that, that does real estate rents. Maybe you own a drug company. Mm -hmm. Maybe you own some banking companies, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's what, not only uh, from a quality standpoint uh, of industry when it mm -hmm. comes to, to diversification, um, you know, you, you need to own different industries, but different sizes of companies as well when Absolutely. it comes to diversification. And we're going to continue this discussion about this diversification thing in the next segment of the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on uh, Super Talk Radio. And we're talking about uh, looking under the hood at your portfolio, calming yourself, taking a little bit of economic value and uh, looking at quality. But you were going deeper into this discussion about diversification. Mm -hmm. 
Bubba. So you gave me the example of Caterpillar, and then I may need to own Microsoft, and then I may need to own a bank, and I may need to own a retailer, mm-hmm. whatever, these various things. But going into that last segment, you said I may need to own different sizes. So I may not just need to have one company mm-hmm. over under industrial machine or right. whatever, but go deeper A number in of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, get, getting back into the diversification question mm-hmm. or, or comment uh yes uh diversification comes in many different forms uh in my opinion mm-hmm. so you've got diversification across uh sectors or mm-hmm. asset classes in the economy right okay so um um when we talk about um sectors mm-hmm. right then mm-hmm. we're talking about the banking sector or the drug sector or the technology sector all right, right? all right when we talk about different asset classes, mm-hmm. right? Well, mm-hmm. what what does that mean? Okay. Well, you've got different asset classes being small cap stocks, okay. mi- mid cap, medium sized company stocks, right? Okay. Large cap, mega cap. You've got international. You've got emerging market. You All know? under a sector. All so under if, a yeah. So if I'm looking at Phil's portfolio mm-hmm. and I I look in there and mm-hmm. I say, hey, he needs to have twelve or fifteen sectors mm-hmm. of the economy. Yep. He needs industrials. He needs consumer mm-hmm. staples. He needs utilities. He needs real right. estate. Whatever. Then inside that sector, there are various True. asset class. That's right. All so right. those asset and I'm going to use emerging market because this just makes a really good example. I okay. Think. So emerging markets would be um, um, developing countries or uh, companies that are in developing countries. Okay. So what do you think of when you think of developing countries, right? All right. Brazil. Brazil. China. Russia. uh, India. India. Korea. Korea. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Korea, I think, is a good example, right? All right. Uh, If I say, uh, name me a company from Korea. What well, do you think of Samsung's? Samsung's a pretty big company, right? Yeah. I mean, and they do televisions, they do speakers, they do refrigerators, uh, you know, all kinds of different houses. Yeah, phones, right. all kinds right. of stuff, right? right? Right, right. So a big, big company. I'd say so. Um, and and a very large company, right. specifically in that region, right? Mm-hmm. That would be considered an emerging market company but it's a but there are large but a very com- well established company within that country all right? right now there are other smaller uh producers and mm-hmm. companies within korea mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that would maybe produce components for samsung maybe they're totally uh unique maybe they do drugs right. for instance okay. or maybe they do uh, building material, building whatever. Material, whatever it is right? Right. right right but they may be a much more uh smaller capitalized company, meaning that they don't have the same revenue mm-hmm. generated mm-hmm. and they're not the size okay. uh, of what Samsung is. All right. So I've looked under mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the hood at Phil's portfolio here and here in about 30 or 45 minutes, we have worn him out. Yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of clients, when we do this for them, you can just see their eyes glaze over, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because we've talked about, does he have quality in there? Does he have any idea mm-hmm. what these companies do? Do they have good revenue and cash flow in mm-hmm. it? Are they making profits? And who's the leadership? Who are their competition? Right. All, all these things we've asked. And then we've talked about mm-hmm. the sectors and 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 the various asset classes. We've sure. really looked this thing over. Mm-hmm. All right? So 
Do you own quality? And wait, before I really leave this, let me ask you this question. Those of you who are listening, have you done this? Right. Have you done this? You know, you get up in the morning and you don't feel that good and maybe you need to sit there before you fall out of bed and you say, hey, what did I do last night? Mm-hmm. Did I overserve myself a little right. bit? Did I take an extra Valium and that's mm-hmm. the reason I don't feel good this morning? Did I not take my meds at all? Right. You know, I start to review what mm-hmm. I did before I get up and, you know, go telling my family that I think I'm going to die and mm-hmm. I don't feel well. Reevaluate where you are. Mm-hmm. So before you really think, hey, I, get me completely out of the stock market. Yeah. Get me out of this investment world. Have you done this? Mm-hmm. Have you evaluated and been diagnosed and really had time either you or your advisor, to answer these questions. Sure. Have you done this before you jump to conclusion Mm -hmm. and say, I'm never going to do that again? We've had people tell us that, right? Right. So-and-so got elected to be the president eight years ago or 12 years ago or whatever, and I just jumped out of the market. Right. And at the time, did that sound logical to him? Oh, they wouldn't have done it if it didn't sound logical. And what's happened in that 12, 16, whatever years? Time moves on. Mm. Companies are still out there to make money. Mm. You know, if they're not out there making money, then they're going to be out of business, right? Right. New ones come mm-hmm. into play. Yeah. You know, just think in the last 12 to 16 mm-hmm. years what you may have missed. Right. You missed all of the profit that some of these pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. made during COVID. Yeah. And there was a lot of it. Sure it was. Right? Mm-hmm. You missed all of the opportunities in the building and mm-hmm. in the banking. Mm-hmm. You missed a lot of stuff. Right. Um, so don't talk yourself into some kind of frenzy here when you haven't even evaluated. Look mm-hmm. under the hood. Let's say when I look under the hood, here's another technical thing you and I do when we look under the hood. We look under there, does Phil own quality? Is Phil's quality diversified across sectors and asset classes, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Then we ask, Phil, what is this balance supposed to be inside your portfolio? You say you're a moderately aggressive investor. Mm -hmm. So if he told us that 10 years ago, under the hood, inside his portfolio, Mm -hmm. how should he be broken up stocks to bonds to cash give me an idea moderately aggressive moderately aggressive somewhere around 70 percent stock okay 20 to 25 percent bonds five percent cash all right but generally all right all right so we look under there and we say hey phil you're 80 percent stocks Mm -hmm. and you're 15 percent bonds and alternatives Mm -hmm. real estate or whatever and you're 5% cash. Yeah. And you're 10 years older now. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. What should he do? What would we advise him to do? 
First of all, does he need to be 70, 30 at this age, 10 years? He very well may need to be 90, 10 mm-hmm. at this age. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might need to be, you know, 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a conversation that I think uh, is very particular and, uh, and independent of one another. So I don't want it to be age dependent on uh-huh. on uh-huh. what kind of risk tolerance that, that, you need. That's exactly right. It's not just yeah. about age. Right. It's about him. Is he different than his brother? Absolutely, he is. Is he different than you? Mm-hmm. Is he different than Joe Blow down the street? That's right. We need to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you still want to be? Do you still need to be 70-30? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you need to be 60-40? Do you need to be 90-10? Mm-hmm. Do you need to be 80-20? Do you need to be 55-45? Right. And we talk about what implications there are to that and then we rebalance him what does that mean what's rebalance uh that, almost as if you would reshuffle the deck okay right mm-hmm. uh and and get the the appropriate prescription mm-hmm. associated with phil okay so he was 70 30 right 10 years later we now find out he's 75 20 25 whatever but maybe he needs to be 60-40. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this maybe a decent time mm-hmm. for him to think about doing that? I, I, I think any time's a good time to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while we're under the hood anyway, right? Mm-hmm. it's kind of like the last, I had a major surgery mm-hmm. in 1990, and they had to cut me almost in half, mm-hmm. and they had to resection, and, and, and I told the guy, they told me, you know, while we're under there, we're going to have you filleted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, while I'm in there, let's take out the gallbladder and the yeah. appendix. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. while you're under the hood, yeah. and right. you got your hands down mm-hmm. in my guts, yeah. let's do that. And while we're doing this mm-hmm. under the hood of his portfolio sure. and doing all this analysis, is it quality and is mm-hmm. it diversified? What's the asset class? You know? Maybe that'll make you feel like you did something. Right. All of that from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.